Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Today we have, I guess, our first Arizona slash last lateral um, block podcast, Grady Cod. This was a good one. Grady has a different perspective on, on fishing as well. He grew up fly fishing. I guess his dad, actually, he didn't. I guess, yeah, I guess he grew up. He talks about it. But he was a, his dad's a big fly fisherman on the East Coast. So he kind of talks about that. He talks about swim bait fishing on the East Coast, all kinds of stuff. This is a really interesting interview. He's very well-spoken, uh, super cool guy. Thanks again, Tim. This is one of the podcasts at your house. Check out this ad from Lateral Vision. You guys get a 10% off if you order through them, I think. Uh, I say it in the ad. I'm not sure. I might have fucked up. Sorry, guys. But uh, check them out. They've been a big supporter of the podcast, so please support them. Thank you, Lateral. Lateral Vision is a brand that goes off the beaten path of what a fishing company is. Merging fishing, hunting with our youth, nostalgic entertainment, and street culture, we strive to bring innovation, creative designs that not only make you laugh, but remind you of all the good times you have on the water. Whether it be basic shore fishing accessories, creative graphic tees, or vintage-inspired hats, the goal is to bring all anglers of all skill levels something they can be stoked on. A lot of us were raised by water or inspired by it, so we wanted to take all those thoughts you have while you're out on the lake or in the field and create something that was more memorable than your average shirt with the fish on. If you're looking for something different in the fishing industry, check out the online shop at lateralvisionbrand.com. Use the code podcast for 15% off the next order and always thank you for your support. Check them out. Please go buy some product from them. Uh, they have been supporting us for a long time, so support them. And you get a deal if you put podcast. It's a cast and crank deal. So please check them out, guys. Thanks again, Lateral, for being such a big supporter. Thank you, Nick and Derek, for all the support. Um, Congrats to all the Patreon winners. Thank you to all the sponsors. Appreciate that. This month is going to be sponsored by UFO. I have another UFO for the raffle. I have two JSJ hitches and a Depths 250. So that will be this month's giveaway on the Patreon. So please donate. Really appreciate it. Uh, got some new stuff coming up. We're going to have fishing with the guest on the water. Uh, thank you to the Patreon people. I was able to get the microphones I needed for that. And uh, hopefully hopefully it all works out. We'll see. I thought it'd be pretty cool to actually fish with the guest, do an interview while we're fishing. And if we catch a fish, it'll be even cooler. If we don't, um, we don't. <laughs> uh, so please check out that. Check out the Patreon. Check out the um, uh, our podcast page, Cast and Crank Podcast. You guys can get merch. 
So please go grab what you can. And I think I might have a new shirt drop for um, Toxic Day 3. Here's a quick little ad for that as well. So please check this out. Toxic Baits is hosting an event in the heart of the California Delta at Russo's Marine. Toxic Day 3 is an event open to everyone featuring a plethora of vendors featuring premium swim bait brands, all types of fishing and handmade products, live podcast from me, <laughs> games, free raffles and giveaways, great food, drinks, guest speakers, live music and all around good time. Stop by and talk fishing or just say hello. We'd love to see you out there. Um, come check it out. It's going to be a ton of fun. A ton of vendors are going to be up there. I'm going to be up there. Hopefully I have this new shirt drop as well. So please come up there and check it out. It is September 18th. Um, I'll be up there the 16th and 17th at Toxic. If you guys want to say hi, doing podcast. I think I'm going to go solo. So I'll be bored in my hotel room at night. <laughs> um, so please check that out. I hope you guys could come. And uh, five-star review if you can on iTunes. Really appreciate that. That helps the podcast a lot. And thank you, all of you, for the support. Uh, 200 episodes going to come soon. And uh, it's been great. Thank you, guys. Awesome. <laughs> um, this is another podcast for the Lateral Vision Block, and uh, this guy's a stick, man. He's the guy in Arizona, one of the guys. Grady Cod, right? Grady Cod. Grady Cod. It's nice to be here, man. I that's, a, that's a unique name. It is. I hear Where's the last name from? It's from my father. He's what's uh, a he's, ethnicity? It's I don't know. <laughs> I <laughs> I don't go into the, yeah. the family tree stuff. I don't really care about it, but it's um. <laughs> It's fitting because my dad's a, a fisherman as well by really? trade. That's what he does for a living. So he does commercial. Yeah. He is a fly fisherman. Um, oh he, wow! His whole career was based off of um, Frontiers Travel, which was a travel organization. So traveling um, basically all over the the globe to lodges and unique areas for saltwater sport fishing on the fly. Um, so I got into this early you know oh man so kid, your dad's so. like is he still fish a lot he is he just um during covid because it was a travel business um obviously their company went under because oh. no one could travel so he retired for a year and then uh he's back now with cabela's travel program doing their so your dad's the a same pretty thing. big deal in fishing yeah yeah he's wow. a he's a legend you do know? you not you don't really incorporate yourself with that do you or do you like I'm not saying you don't incorporate you don't um Brightest coattails. Yeah, you made your own shit. Guy. Yeah. Right? We do, you know what I'm we, we do separate things. He He's a fly guy, and he's a saltwater guy, and I'm a conventional guy in freshwater for the most part. Will you fish with him? You can fly fish pretty well. Then. Yeah, I okay. can fly fish. It's just I don't have the patience to do it, man. <laughs> it's not. I can't, uh, I can't do it all day long um, the majority of the time. I enjoy doing it every now and then if I'm somewhere that calls for it you know if i go to a lodge with him in the salt water and that's what we're doing that's what we're doing do you so. think that um fly fishing has helped carve your your uh conventional fishing like it gave you some ideas and tips that you wouldn't have thought uh just having a swim bait rod or whatever it might be i think it just instilled a lot of patience in me um because that's really 
and I think a lot of fly fishing is um, just enjoying the serenity and and being in the moment in the outdoors and appreciating what you're doing. Um, I think more than anything, it did that and uh, brought patience to me because it's it's a it's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of frustration fly <laughs> fishing. I mean, there's especially when there's wind. You know, it's just a oh, constant yeah. process of, of of retying and getting rid of wind knots and catching shit on your back cast and you know slapping yourself yeah. in the face oh yeah i tried whipped. i tried for um surf perch and halibut mm-hmm. for maybe about six months five months so i bought like a, a temple fork outfitter on i think yeah. I, I used to work with temple fork outfitters oh yeah i saw yeah. that yeah i bought that and i bought the reel i think it was like 500 bucks or whatever mm-hmm. then uh you heard i'm sure you heard of bob marriott's in um fullerton california no it's a big fly shop in fullerton okay. So I went and took the class. All I wanted to learn how to do, I don't I think it's called double hauling, like where you shoot it. Yeah. Yep, That's all I want to learn to do. So I'd sit in front of my house, mm-hmm. get motherfuckers going, hey, what are you catching in the fucking street? <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. You know, like, it's like just, you know, and I yeah. would learn and I remember just slapping myself in the face so much trying mm-hmm. to like, to uh, what do you call when you, you uh, load it kind of and then you yeah. shoot it. Right? Yeah. It's, and that's it's, what I was trying to do because I just wanted to get in the surf far mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. So I would go and the first day I went, the fucking wind was horrible. Oh. Shits Brutal. everywhere, slapping. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Selling this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's a, I'm sure the patience is uh, also your dad taught you, or you fish with him, mm-hmm. um, has helped in the swim bait game totally. as well. Because it's like, it's a fucking grind, dude. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So how old were you when you kind of did your own thing? Uh, and did you grow up in Arizona as well? No. I've been in Arizona, I don't even know, I think eight years now. It's got to be close to eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, originally from the East Coast, so Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and um, Augusta, Maine is kind of where I my roots are. When did you move? When I graduated high school. So I, you uh, fished East Coast, uh, were you fishing swim baits then? Yes, not the way that you do out here. It was a bit of a different thing. Back there, I was a muskie guy more than anything, um, but we just we caught a lot of bass on muskie baits, you know. 18 inch baits and we were catching four pounders on it and it was like wow you know so we started chucking them around at just the local ponds for bass and those were the bigger fish we caught we're always on a on a swim bait so i think more than anything um musky fishing probably paved the way for swim bait fishing as far as patience is concerned Mm -hmm. because it's a very very similar thing it's going out all day chucking big big baits and it's a grind they just what, how, how old are you now? I'm 26. Yep. So you kind of started the big bait thing when it was new. Because you were young. Mm-hmm. So you were doing the musky thing, mm-hmm. which pretty much musky bait started the swim bait thing somewhat, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, what were you using for the muskies and then kind of the crossover then? Um, well, for muskies, I mean, there's top water rubber baits and blades and that's pretty much the three categories so they're all big um when it's rubber it's usually colder water you're fishing baits that are you know substantially bigger than like a roman made mother chaser for Mm -hmm. instance you know that's still a smallish bait when you're talking about throwing big rubber these are 24 inch baits that are you know two pounds so are you trolling or are you uh, casting casting? I'll, I've trolled once for muskies. <laughs> it seems it like you don't really like it. Desperation. <laughs> I I just, it's cool, I guess, but it's just not as cool as casting. You get way, way more action, I feel like, 
casting um, along the, the side of the boat. I'm a, well, yeah, why not? Yeah, sure. When in casting crank, like when in Rome. When in Rome. We have a very good, uh, could you get another one for him too, please? Oh, thank you. We have a, a great beer helper today, Dylan. He was on the previous episode. We appreciate you, Dylan. <laughs> thank you, Dylan. Might be a good trouble for appreciate a, that. a bartender that's underage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but back to the uh, trolling and casting. So you kind of, you, you've been doing this a lot longer than probably people think because you were doing the musky thing mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, when you started switching, when did you start switching over largemouth? Was that when you moved here or was it when? Oh, we always fished largemouth. Okay. Um, it, you know, musky was a seasonal thing. Um, it usually didn't really become a thing until June. So we'd smallmouth fish pretty much up until then. And, um, bass have always been around they're everywhere you know mm-hmm. and but i think as far as throwing big baits for them that didn't really click until we started catching you know little bass on these giant baits and we were like wow you know it's <laughs> pretty pretty amazing how aggressive they are so we'd chuck them around at our at our local ponds and sometimes at the lakes and we'd catch some good fish and that that was kind of around the time when i started throwing swim baits for bass was probably two years before I moved out here. So I moved out here still pretty new to understand. It was a very different thing out here. Throwing swim baits for bass is not like it is <laughs> on the East coast. That's easy. Those fish are stupid. They're hungry. So you think that right now, um, the, even now, if you go back to the East coast, is it still pretty easy to catch? It is. I go every summer. Yeah. No, so you're, do you think easy. that people are idiots from the East coast that swim bait fish? You're saying, not just idiots. Kidding, not kidding, idiots. Just no, they're just blessed. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's they're easier. Blessed. It hasn't caught yeah. up to where California's but horrible. of course Arizona's like pressure. There's so. the downside to that. They yes. don't have double digits, you know, swimming around the way we do. Yeah. Um, or used to. It's, it's a little different out here now. Not anymore. Yeah. No, no one does. <laughs> they're here, but it's just not as many. So it's What did um, you have to change your technique wise when you moved from the East Coast to here? It was just like everything. Uh, everything i mean line everything yeah it's just a very very different realm um i mean these lakes out here when i moved here i believe were in their prime they were not easy but they were healthy healthy fisheries these fish were just i mean the genetics in these lakes and when you talk to justin he's going to tell you a lot about how it was before even i moved here Mm -hmm. you know it was just this unique ecosystem with little to no management from the state whatsoever Mm -hmm. awful fishery management out here if there's any i mean it's just when you look at other states i mean we these fish got so big and did so well on their own i mean it the trout were a huge blessing to us um and to the fish but were they stocking a lot then too as well they stock the same amount now trout i mean so then what's the big difference from then till now? Like what's the, well, the, the killed the die-offs? The die-offs, okay. yeah. We just the don't have what do you, we have. What you guys have? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, the lakes now are so different in every aspect. I mean, if you set aside the fact that there's less fish and just look at the lake itself, it's just a different world than it was five years ago. It was just this beautiful water color you always had this sexy eight foot visibility to five foot visibility that was just so money Mm -hmm. for presenting a big bait to these fish and now i mean you 
you never see it get clearer than two feet. It's yeah. always this stained color that just, it, there's no grass anymore in the lakes. We used to have grass patches, big hydrilla fields and flats that were just money. And now all that's gone. And these fish are just roaming around this basin of just yellow, weird looking water with nothing to really hang on to. It's just different. And it feels different when you're there. It's just like, it just doesn't feel like the same lake anymore. So, I mean, it sucks, but I was really, really blessed to enjoy it for a few years before it died off. What um, year do you think it really ended? Like the, the fishing just turned off. I noticed of the-, the switch in 2016, the okay. end of 2016. Right. I noticed something started to get a little weird. 2017, they were all right, but it wasn't. It wasn't what it was, I guess. It just, I, I could sense a shift. Didn't know it was algae yet. I think it started in 2017, but no one really noticed. It was pretty mild. And then at the end of 2017, early 2018 is when it hit hard. Mm-hmm. And then every year after that, it hit every spring. Damn. So we had, until this year, I don't believe we had one this year. I think this year was the first year in a little bit that we didn't have a substantial die-off. Um, what, what's the reasoning? Behind golden algae? Yes. I don't know. I'm not sure that anybody does know. I know it's always been here. In 2004, everything died here. Um, They were restocked. Justin, again, is going to be a great person to talk to. He was a part of the restocking. Okay. When he went out in his boat and dumped barrels of of babies into the lakes and helped restock it. Those were the fish that I was catching in 2016. 2016 was the peak, I believe. It was just going off. Um, And once I had the bite figured out. What was the size of fish you were catching? Uh, well, I caught all of my double digits except for one that year. Really? So I caught five double digits that year. What was the biggest? Uh, I had two eleven zeros. Fuck, dude. Twins. Yeah. Yeah. Just a few months apart, same area. But how long did it take you to figure that out? The bite? Yeah. Well, even just to figure the lake out, like in. Oh, it took me a couple years. I mean, when I moved here, it was like. <laughs> Yeah, it was a learning process. It was a very frustrating learning process because I was watching sticks, you know, like Justin and and Manny and these people that knew these waters already, and they were catching them. And, I, I mean, I, I watched Justin catch them near me, and it was so frustrating. You didn't know him then? No. The first day I met Justin was the day he caught his personal best, and that was bizarre. It was the first day I caught a seven-pounder out here. I caught a seven on a bed on a boat lift in the marina on a jig and i was so stoked and i just let it go and justin rolls up through the marina and he's like hey you want to see a big one and i'm like yeah <laughs> i love when you imitate friends yeah. and people imitate that <laughs> yeah so hey, he, man. <laughs> he pulls this eight pounder it was like a mid to high eight pounder i think out of the live well and i'm like jesus that's a giant he's like no that's a little one and i was like oh my god and then he puts it back in the live well and i hear a bunch of thrashing around and he pulls this 12 pounder out and I, at that time i had never seen one that big in yeah. person i was like holy shit like that's a thing here like those are around here and i mean it was just this eye-opening thing but again it was frustrating i saw all these people beating on them big ones and i just couldn't understand it or figure you were, it out you were jig fishing at this time that day I, I saw that fish and, but I was throwing swim baits, okay. but that day I saw that fish and I was like, eh, I threw a jig on it and it ate it. And I was like, that sweet. My biggest fish out of Arizona 
at the time. I think that was about a year and a half into living here. Okay. Um, but it just, it started, everything started rolling into motion. Um, you know, I had this boat with my buddy, John, um, it was just this little bass prowler, bass tender. It was like this little plastic boat, you mm-hmm. know, two person thing. And we'd troll around and, and, uh, once I, I remember the day I started figuring it out, it was all about fishing a mag, a soft bait. And I caught both of my PBs that day. Like I caught, uh, so just at the time, that it, yeah, that, that it time did. clicked for you. It did. I started, I kind of understood what was going on and why and. I understood a piece of structure that I had been fishing for a while, but couldn't understand how to fish that piece of structure. That day I did. And I, I remember I, I caught that one that was an ounce shy of eight. And I was like, that's awesome. That's what was a, this structure? You like, do you it was know? a point. It's just a, a rocky point. And you weren't looking at YouTube or doing, you just kind of were figuring stuff out and you. Yeah. There what, were, how we did didn't have click, electronics like, what did, what or did anything. It, you, you just know? kind of saw the point come down. Yep. I, I, well, I felt it. You okay. could feel it with the mag. You could cast out and it would fall and fall and fall and fall. And then you'd pick it up and cast it to the right a little bit and it would fall and fall and then stop. You could tell that it got shallower there. And I kind of learned this point over the course of a few months. And then this day I hit it from a different angle and called out mm-hmm. where the rocks were. I knew where these boulders mm-hmm. were and a spine on this, on this point. Mm-hmm. And I, I have it on camera. I had a GoPro at the time on, on a little post in the back. And it's pretty funny footage, you know. I'm like, all right, this is the cast. Like, watch this. And You're talking was, to yourself. Talking to John. <laughs> you know, talking, right. I was telling him. I was like, this is the first rock. Yep, I just hit it. Here's the second rock. Dunk. You know, I swung, missed. I was like, oh, my God. Like, that was it. That that was the cast. And then I flung it out there again and caught that one that was about eight pounds and took pictures. And I went back and made the same cast again, called it out. There's the first rock. There's the second rock. Dunk. And I caught a nine pound Dude. and I was like, Oh my God. Like, and then was it just once like a that light happened, bulb just went it on did. like, it totally. Comes. And then I started, it was just a lot that clicked that day. And every trip after that, more and more kind of the puzzle just started piecing together. And that year I just beat the snot out of them and it was just awesome, you know? And that, and that I, was all just feeling, not electronics, right? That was all feeling. So yeah, we didn't have electronics like, yet. Do you, do you think like, I know swim bay fishing, a lot of guys go, I don't turn on anything when I'm getting close, or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, at the same time, like, like Matty Wong mm-hmm. came on. He's like, has no electronics, a piece of shit, whatever. He's like, it's all conditions for me. I, mm-hmm. I, that's what I go off of. Um, you feel like, do you still use the same thing where you're reading with the bait more than you are electronics or just electronics? Totally. Uh, yeah. Electronics do play. Um, they play a big part. I think I'm terrible with them. I still don't think I'm adequate with the technology and u- utilizing it to its full potential by any means. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy having um, something there to tell me what I'm sitting in, what the water temperature is, and having a GPS layout of the lake so that I can find little inconsistencies on spots, and that helps. But without having forward-facing sonar, you're still doing a lot of casting and feeling and understanding which i enjoy i i I like the feeling of figuring it out like when i figured out that whole area this was a back part of of canyon lake that there was no motors allowed so we had this special little zone but it was also unmarked there was no um graphs of this layout so we didn't know what the contours were 
And I remember I went back there with an electronic on that boat and graphed the whole thing out the year after. And I was like, there's nothing back here I don't already know. Yeah. I, I graphed the whole thing with Auto Chart Live on my Humminbird. And I was like, yeah, I didn't learn anything with this graph. I was like, <laughs> I knew this place like the back of my hand just from casting around with a HUD and, and a mag and kind of figuring it out. And But yeah, electronics do make a huge difference. Um, for a lot of people and they do for me too. It's, it's nice to find little spots that you didn't know about before, but, yeah. um, especially with that auto chart technology on lakes that aren't mapped, mm -hmm. it's good to be able to drive oh, around yeah, and create right? a little bit of a, something to go off of. Um, but yeah, that was the year, man. It, it what just made clicked you pick those two baits that you're using? Hud and Mac? Yeah. Uh, I just knew that that was what big fish ate. I knew they ate 250s and glides and stuff, and um, I I didn't really have as much luck on it with the bigger fish, so I stuck with the ones that were catching bigger fish, which were soft baits. Mm -hmm. And this was around the time um, I was in film school, so that's what I do for a living now. I'm a filmmaker and an editor. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so I do a lot of audio stuff <laughs> as well, so this is... But at the time, I was in film school, and I was doing a documentary on, on the this whole trout stalking and giant bass thing. I thought it was just so freaking cool. No, not to the public. No, but it's how I got hired though. Okay. was through that documentary. Um, but I was doing a lot of work without fishing. I was going and filming from high vantage points on the lake, um, filming the trout schools going down the bank. Oh, and, you could see them. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. When you get up on the bridges and up on these rock walls, you could watch on stocking day, what the trout do and how the bass react. I saw so much that helped click those pieces together. Um, but I noticed that those trout that were fleeing all over the place, they were getting eaten, but they weren't getting eaten by big ones. Um, I have footage of this. I might release it at some point. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's um, You see these trout schools going down the bank, and you see these five to seven pounders running into these schools along the bank and just beating the shit out of them pushing them out of the rocks, pushing them out of the toolies, and all these injured ones come out and then they kind of just flutter down and those fucking big ones, you know, those 10 to 15 pounders were those ones that were on the outskirts and they were scooping up those fish that were falling down slow, the dead those, those dying and slow wow. moving ones. And I was like, that's why they're eating <laughs> this HUD and this mag. And yeah, I remember, you know, at the time there just weren't a lot of people fishing soft baits. It was a very glide and action hard bait type of thing out there it's just what most people were doing um and at the time manny was one of those people he didn't throw a mag he thought it was a shitty bait mm -hmm. and it was <laughs> great for us you yeah. know we were like all right that's you know, that's cool people are out here and they're they're throwing the hard baits and they can have that and you know catch their five to eight pounders mm -hmm. but i know we're gonna stick those those big boys like if we just grind it out you get less bites i noticed but they're bigger bites and that's really all i threw and 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 unless situations called for something other than that you know but what what turned you on to throwing the glide more stocking day okay i found there was a bite with the glide and i don't fish it the way other people fish it and i still don't fish it the way other people fish it it's um I found doing the same thing with a 250 as I was doing with the mag, like throwing it out, letting it sink all the way to the bottom, oh God, 40 feet, and just 
grinding it right on top burning of the it rocks. and just hammering it into shit way down there how though. many are you losing none no i never lost any really mm-hmm. just uh not not on bottom i casted them off <laughs> <laughs> from hitting zebra muscles you know it <laughs> yeah, cuts your yeah. line up um but i never i have um this this old lure retriever we used for musky fishing uh I think he still makes them. It's Frank Toothy Fisherman makes them. Okay. And it's just uh, like a, it's similar to a 44 mag. It's just a yeah. big hunk of metal with chains all over it. But that thing saved me thousands of dollars in I those bet, lakes. Because we got shit all through our lakes. They're the snaggiest lakes you've <laughs> ever seen. And the state puts these dumbass fish structure things in there, which they don't like need. Like the tree, Christmas tree looking thing? Yeah. yeah okay. They're palm trees. Yeah. They're bizarre looking and they're plastic and dumb. But they, uh, yeah, those things are the ones you don't get your baits back from. Once you're hung on there, you either have to find a way to pull the whole structure up, which we've done, but that's hard. Um, or the you just rope and that thing. Yeah. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. But yeah, that, that bite still to this day, I, I don't fish glides the way most people do. It's, there's always a, a separate way to fish something like what that. What do you do if you want top water then? Top water? What that, you that's punker. Always. Yeah. I mean. You'd rather throw a punker for top water. Mid-channel, you're going to throw a glide, even a hood. Right? I mean. Yeah. I mean, well, with the punker, there was a year that that outshined. They they just weren't biting everything the way they were. And this was in 2018, I want to say, the winter of 2018. Um, the die-offs were still pretty prevalent. It was changing. The fishery was changing. They weren't eating soft baits the way that they were. They weren't eating glides the way that they were. And nobody out here throws a punker. It's just not a common thing. And I understand why. I threw it a lot too back when it was good and I didn't get bit on it. But it was just the way I was fishing it and where I was fishing it that changed. And that year, that was I caught more on the punker than any other swim bait. Wow. And the majority, the majority of these fish were open water, suspended, deep fish. They weren't. I never really caught them where I thought it would work, like over mm-hmm. these flats and all these sexy areas. I catch one or two here and there, but most of them and the bigger ones I was catching were suspended fish that were way the hell out there in, in the middle of nowhere, suspended over deep, deep yeah. humps and points. And they were just coming up out of 50 feet of water and blasting it. And it was just awesome. I mean, it was such a fun winter and no one else was doing it. And it was just this special little bite that i had for myself yeah and then that ended you know that year (laughs) as with every other bite this was the first year since i lived here i didn't catch a swim bait fish out of this year out of these lakes this year this winter because of the i don't know yeah it changed the lake so much that either i as an angler haven't been able to understand what i needed to do to change my presentation to fit whatever mood they're in um, I don't know. If but it was are a you me traveling or, or going and fishing other locations? I am. Year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way so more. So it's like that's probably why, too. You're not mm-hmm. putting the same amount of time. I the, did, though. I, I, did I skunked okay. 20 trips this year Fuck. to those lakes. Wow. Which was just heartbreaking. <laughs> it really was. It was just sad. I was like, you know, once trip 15 came around, I was like, oh, my God. Like, these are just not fun places to fish anymore. And it's not like Canyon. And people are going to tell you this. You know, people are like, oh, it's not dead. Canyon's fine. It's not. It's not fine. There's people that, you know, lucked into some 
schools of fish. There's still some schools of fish. Mm-hmm. It's not fine though. The lake is not doing okay. Saguaro is doing way better, but it changed everything about the way the fish are reacting to their environment. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time there this winter throwing a swim bait, doing what I know works on that lake. And it just didn't happen. But I can go there in the summer right now and just beat the Christ out of them. <laughs> I, I just hammer them, you know, fishing conventional stuff. Um, and they just, it's just not a swim bait lake anymore. It really isn't. And I think that's a thing with a lot of lakes. I think a lot of people waste time on their lakes Throwing with swim baits. Bait. When it's just not a swim bait lake. Will you like will you pick up conventional stuff and fish that instead? Oh yeah. You're not just like a swim bait only no, guy. Not you at fish all. Everything. Yeah. Uh in the wintertime I'm trying to stick to swim that's baits. That's your preferred way to catch a fish in swim bait. Yeah, if I if I could <laughs> if that's how I could well you know, yeah, it would be catch that all or in that way, that would be the what you'd want. Yeah, or frogging. Okay. Or flipping. I love frogging and flipping is a lot of fun. I caught my P B this spring. 12 pounds, four ounces, Um, punching, punching. It was a blast. Local or up north? Local. Well, not local, but in the valley. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. In Arizona. Yeah. Nothing's local. Unfortunately, (laughs) every, you got to drive to get to water. Local would be like Arizona, your state. It was in Arizona. Yeah. I'm saying, um, that's a big fish, dude. It was giant. I was, I was with my buddy, Josh, who you'll have here soon. And it was just a bad day. Terrible. I mean, we had one fish at noon, and it was like maybe a pound, and we did everything we could to find a pattern, and there just wasn't anything. So I went back to what I knew caught one fish that day, which was punching. Mm-hmm. And we did that on the whole lake, hit all the pockets multiple times, and around 4 o'clock we pulled into this little cut that I've caught a lot of big fish out of. I saw a shoe floating in the toolies and <laughs> this little toolie mat i was like hey josh check out that shoe we'd seen a couple that day i was like look another shoe and i flipped my little bug on that shoe and then it just flipped over and fell into the water i literally rolled over the shoe fell in and she stopped it on the way down and i swung and i was like dude that's a big one and i saw her nose and i was like you know that's a that's a seven pounder that's an eight pounder yeah. that's a big fish and then you know i'm in a small i'm in my boat's small it's a 14 foot alumacraft and so i'm reefing on this fish with 20 pounds of vegetation stuck to it so my boat's just getting towed straight in towards the fish i'm catching all my slack and this thing does a little shimmy and comes up and lays on top of the tule mat and i was like you know this is a serious one and josh did a great job just slid right in the net and i the video is hilarious i mean just my reaction i looking at it in the net i was like you know, I was fairly certain that's the biggest fish I've ever caught. But I didn't want to get myself excited. You know, you don't want to you hype yourself up too much and then be let down. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's my biggest fish ever. I'm pretty sure. And then the whole video, I'm like, I think it's my newest double-digit edition. And then I'm like holding it and I'm like, yeah, like that's the biggest fish I've ever caught. You know, and then I put it on the scale. I was like, yeah, it's a fucking 12-4. Dude. And it was just this surreal, it's just a different animal. When you're holding one that's that big, it just doesn't look like a largemouth anymore. It's just like the separate species of fish. It was just such a surreal feeling and the release was awesome. Everything about that fish was just so perfect. It was this super healthy specimen, fat as could be, just beautiful. Looked like it had never been caught before and I let her go and she gave me the strongest release I've ever had from a fish. So I was like, that 
couldn't have gone any better, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was hooked perfect. Everything was just great. So, and I I still think I was, I'm happier to have caught that fish flipping than I think it would have been on a swim bait. Why? It was just fun. (laughs) Like just the sound of braids squealing. And and you were fucking around with your buddy at the same time. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you weren't like, I'm grinding. I, I could, I could see it. You're like having fun, mm-hmm. fucking off, mm-hmm. and you catch your PB. Mm-hmm. One more congestion. Hey, guys, here's a quick piece from Phoenix Rods. Today I'm be talking about the Ultra Swimbia Classic Rod. The Ultra Swimbia Classic Rod is the flagship of the Phoenix Big Bait Rods and the leader in the swim bait quest for your dream to catch a fish of a lifetime. The Ultra Swimbia Classic is built on the world-renowned Phoenix Hybrid Technology Blank, offering a superbly light, fast, sensitive, and balanced rod. It's a great rod. It's what I use for... Uh, my Calico stuff, as well as for like my Debs 250, they have a couple different models, so please check those out on the website. Follow Phoenix Rods on Instagram and check them out at phoenixrods.com. Thanks, guys. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah. And I knew they were there and I knew I've caught big ones there. My biggest out of that lake was flipping too. So I knew that this was still my best chance at catching one mm-hmm. out of that lake. But it was just low spirits at that point in the day. I was like, eh, let's just keep flipping and see what happens. And, you know, it just worked. So, and you that's do, the biggest fish that's been caught in Arizona in, in a, while. a long time. Yeah. So there's wow. something special about that fish for sure. The um, big, what's the, they were saying the big one was like 16? Out of Arizona? Yeah. Yeah, 16-2 I think is our state record. Okay. I don't, so I mean. That was old. 12? Locally, that's like the, um, Arizona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're, uh, that's the biggest recent fish. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not Other catching. Other than Billy, do you know Billy Skinner? Yes, I do. Yeah, his, I he caught a 14 this year. He did. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that wow. was on the river. Yeah. You know, that's. It's a whole different California, fishing system. Arizona, yeah. like kind of that fish is the biggest fish if, if you qualify that as just an arizona fish that's the biggest fish that's been caught in a long ass time from this state yeah uh, but it was on the border though right? mm-hmm. yeah it's as far hard. as inland fisheries yeah it's, it's been 2016 2017 is probably the but last it's time like even like we talked here. about you know jason's it's like when was the last time an 18 and a half been caught in california yeah been a minute i mean that was a block big had fish. what a fifteen or a sixteen? Sixteen two. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that was probably one of the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Springer had a sixteen four or something mm-hmm. a little bigger. And you've heard the story with Block's fish, right? I have. I, uh, I, I want him to come on and tell the pretty fucking wild. story. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a crazy scenario. Yeah, but. I heard it it was really weird mm-hmm. how it all went down and it it's a the official not it's not it's an unofficial record, right? Probably not. 
No? No, I think, um, what's his name? Ryan Crandell, I think, has the official record out of there, if I'm not mistaken. Really? I'm not positive on that. I know it might have been the same fish, to be honest, but I'm not, I don't know the details. Just the way that Block caught that yeah. was crazy. That was yeah. meant to be. No one else <laughs> was going to catch that fish. Yeah. I mean, it gave him two chances in the same day. Like, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. So that was just awesome. It's just yeah, an amazing. And, and, and then talking about stuff like this, it's like, now your big fish fishery here is like in the 12 pound range. Yeah. You know, like that's what you're going to consider. Yeah. Or a 10. I yeah, mean, a I mean, 10 is it's not, rare. You're not going to get the yeah. 15s and 16s. No. I think. But they were there. In 2016, I saw more 15 to 17 pound fish than I'll ever see the rest of my life. Which, I mean, it's nice. not a ton, but it was like six or seven fish <laughs> that were pushing 15 pounds that were, I mean, it, it was, if if the algae didn't happen, you were going to see some crazy things coming out of this state. Do you think it's ever going to, I mean, it's not going to stop. It's going to stay, you think? What's going to happen? It's always in the water. I don't know why it triggers. There's a bunch of theories behind it. Um, I think this is a cycle. Manny will tell you about the cycles. He, yeah. He, he kinda... Yeah. I mean, everyone that has been here long enough to know knows that these lakes go through cycles. I think this lake will come back. I think it needs some help, though. I really do. I don't think it's just going to come back on its own. Yeah. We need some state management seriously put in. They need to stock this. They need to take it seriously. They need to restock it. Right now, the only fish that have been restocked were gifts from okay. other states. Like, oh, here's 5,000 largemouth if you want yeah. to put them in. And they put them in at weird times of the year when the mortality rate is just so high. And <laughs> it's just, right. they're just not taking it seriously. So, um, Justin and Josh... You know, they have some great plans for some things that they want to try and get some anglers together and and see if we can fund this. A little and, more. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it, I, it'll it come back, you know. They'll come back. It just it's going to take community needs, needs a little really help to, to yep. build that back mm-hmm. the way it needs to be. I think Gilbert talked about the same thing, kind of like stocking trout again in mm-hmm. California. It was like, can you get an organization? Can you get everyone on the same page? Can you get everyone, mm-hmm. you know, to do what they have to do yeah. you know but it's getting everyone together is mm-hmm. going to be a hard thing but if you can and it's it going to really, take time yeah it's exactly. going to take time but eventually they'll bounce back and i don't know if i'll be here to see it happen but why are you thinking of moving if it yeah i don't know at some point <laughs> i mean we got so many fisheries are just so low i don't know how long a lot of places are going to last um we're getting some rain you got to see some rain yeah, which is cool man some wild, storms dude. but <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens it's just going to be a a matter of wait and see but you do a lot of filming fishing were you filming a lot of your uh, fishing i just run a gopro yeah i film for a living and i edit for a living so okay. i try to just enjoy the time <laughs> that i have out there fishing Doesn't it piss you off though if it's a gopro footage oh i like it you like gopro yeah footage? They're, it's good good quality stuff with the newer cameras it's it's not fancy yeah but i don't have a cameraman you know if i had a cameraman i'll take it that's <laughs> but not, it's you know you got a free free little guy back there filming do you do time, film so. and editing both mm-hmm. for work same thing yep. both mm-hmm. nice so cool. it's just not i don't spend a ton of time on the water filming it's just i don't want to be doing that when i'm on the water i want to be enjoying my time and trying to break down what the bite is and yeah. dealing with that yeah. so but and who's my, Mike told who's your me favorite that, uh, you know, film like fishing film like a dude that makes some cool videos gilbert gilbert oh yeah 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 and he was the one that told me years ago he's like you're gonna find that the hardest thing 
to do is to stop fishing to film because I was in that period of my life where I was like, oh, I want to do all these documentaries and like I want to make cool videos and I was trying, but he was right. It was just so hard to see trout getting busted up on and not cast at them, but instead pick up a camera and film that. That's (laughs) hard to do. Yeah. So I just, (laughs) I, I couldn't do that. And I, as, so you kind of had a plan in the beginning to have like a YouTube channel kind of, I just wanted to document it. I thought it was just the coolest thing. This, this, fishery that was so healthy being stocked with trout and i had this clear water and these vantage points that i could get this footage and it was just so cool i wanted to to document it and even if it wasn't released i wanted to have this stuff to look back on and i've always been like that i've always been a a videographer every cool moment i want to have on film i think part of that is because i have a terrible memory and it's nice (laughs) to be able to look at stuff and be like oh that's what happened so I always have a GoPro rolling. I'm very anal about that. I have to have a camera filming if I'm casting because so many times that the camera wasn't rolling, amazing things have happened. And I was like, damn, I really wish I Will had Will you go that look at that footage as totally. well? Like, oh, and, yeah. uh, always. I think Gilbert, I forget who it was, said they use it almost like research footage. Yeah. You look, okay, what did I fuck up on? Mm-hmm. What did I? It's just like sports too. analysis. Yeah. yeah. You'll do the same just, thing. Yeah. It's Man, so, I notice a lot of guys that are big fish, like doing it, mm-hmm. do the same thing. You have to. I mean, this is this goes back to musky fishing. It's called we called it musky blackout. It was this period of time between the hook set and it being in the net that your brain just doesn't remember. Yeah. Your adrenaline is just fuming, and you just don't remember exactly how it happened or even what you were doing to make that fish bite. So to be able to go back and just click on a file and open it up and rewatch it is a huge learning point, you know? And that's it's a great important. point of view right there. Yeah. You said, you don't, like, I don't remember. I could think, okay, what's my big, bigger calico? Mm-hmm. I don't remember how I was retrieving it. Yeah. I don't. I could have been fucking off. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But if you had a video to kind of remember, oh, mm-hmm. I'm burning it or I'm, you know, mm-hmm. you know, letting it crawl over rocks, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, you can research that and you mark that. Do you try to, to like, keep your footage, like, in a organized way mm-hmm. like you go okay this is this date yeah this catch. i learned that from work you know we have to yeah. when we manage our data it's you kind of have like a file structure on the hard drive to where it's easy to access so if you remember like oh i remember it was in june so i have everything sorted by date and by name and a little bit of a couple words to describe what happened during that clip so it's pretty easy for me to go back and pull something if i feel the need to and it's yeah. just fun to watch stuff over yeah, like i've sure watched I'd... my personal best footage so many times it's just so fun to go back what a narcissist like, you are i know <laughs> so i'm so great you know <laughs> um another thing you did uh previously was rat baits mm-hmm. let's talk about that a little bit um that was i remember exactly when i started doing it might have been 2014 2013 um and I don't remember exactly what made me want to do it. I I think it was from a musky bait that I had. I want to say it was a phantom softtail or something, but it had like a realistic image of a perch on it. And I was like, I wonder if you do that on like a 250 since it's got this soft skin over it. You'd probably put something under it and it would stay there. So I, the first one I did, I literally just printed off on a normal piece of printer paper a picture of a trout and I fit it 
to the bait, took the skin off, put it on there, and then put epoxy over it and put the skin back on. And I was like, Jesus, that looks awesome, you know. <laughs> and there was one other guy that was doing it at that time. It was um, Fam D Fisha on Instagram. Um, he still does it, I believe, for people, but he's really talented, does Who some was amazing work. the other work. guys that did it? I think it was Billy Egan. Yeah, I think and there was what some... was the name of their... They had a bait and they'd rap, too. Yeah, it was, was the uh, Orsa. Yes, I think yeah. so, yeah. Because yep. I remember Gilbert talking Those about that, Those are old too. school yeah. stuff, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but you kind of learned on your own how you're going to rap and everything. You I did. Yeah. That one, I just printed it off <laughs> on a piece of, like, normal paper. But it looked so cool. I was like, my God, that's the sexiest 250 I've ever seen. <laughs> and then I posted a picture on Instagram, and I had all these people hitting me up like, oh, I want to buy that, or, hey, can you do that to mine? And I was like, no, I, this is probably going to come off as soon as it touches water. You yeah. know? But then I went into a process of figuring out how I can make this a waterproof thing, um, something that's not wildly expensive to do. And I went into this process, and it took a long time, and I had a lot of raps that were just not good you know i had customers i blast me online they were like hey this shit sucks grady cod sucks you know i was like man i'm in college <laughs> i'm poor i'm just yeah. doing this for fun like chill let me uh let me figure this out a little before you go all ape shit on me and i did i it took a lot of my own personal money and time to figure it out and eventually i did and started doing it for tons of people I, I'd have 60 baits coming in a month, you know, and just pumping them out. And it was a lot of fun. And then I kind of went into perfecting it even more and making it even more cost effective. And, um, did you epoxy over the, the, the thing or the, on my first versions, it was epoxy. Okay. Once I developed the second version or probably fourth or fifth version by that time, um, it was just an automotive clear coat and then I would airbrush to blend it so i've oh, always been ad- apt with an airbrush i used i used to do taxidermy like fish taxidermy For, you know oh really yeah I've, I've done i've dipped my hands in so many different random hobbies um that surround the sport of fishing so i i've always been good with an airbrush um used to paint replicas for buddies and stuff so i kind of took the airbrush and the wraps and blended them together and then that's when my work started getting really um artistic and and stood out a little bit and then uh i started working with abt alan um and doing raps i don't remember his last name alan from abt lures i don't alan. know i'm a noob so i don't oh, okay know. yeah yeah abt's been around for a while he, what he, he used build? to work for like what kind of lure the suicide it? glide okay. the nine inch suicide glide uh, the dirty donkey top water. So you had to, you were wrapping all these baits at that mm-hmm. time. He oh, had sent nice. me a batch and he was like, Hey, do this, wrap these like this. And I sent him back and he's like, okay, what if we do this? And we kind of started working together on developing an even more, um, costly and manageable wrap process. Got that down. And that's when I started pumping out a ton of baits for people. So this is what you're doing for a living at this time. Yeah, I was in college, okay, yeah. so it was just, like, this thing that helped me get by, and yeah. um, I set up a shop in my parents' garage, you know, Shit. so it was just, uh, so your it was fun that I enjoyed you? it, you know, uh, they did, that's okay, why I right. moved out here, because oh, I had an okay. opportunity to get in-state tuition oh, okay. at ASU, all right. and I was like, well, my parents split up, so one went to Arizona, one went to Maine, 
So I had this option for in-state in both places. And I was like, eh, I've been doing the East Coast thing my whole <laughs> life. I was like, let's go down there and check it out. And it was the best decision I made. I yeah. love it out here. Um, but yeah, eventually I just stopped doing raps because it just stopped being fun. A big part of it was I enjoyed it. You know, It was just so fun to get a new bait and do a new pattern on it and watch people hammer fish on it. And but then it then turned it into like just turned into grind, work, yeah. you know, and it was like, ugh, like, I don't you're not making a ton of money off this. You get like 15 bucks profit, and you know, for all getting, the time you're I'm putting I'm sure in. people are fucking complaining too. Oh yeah. And oh, you're yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. I had a guy that, you know, it had like <laughs> in the box, it had, I don't know if it was the hook or what, but it had scraped a big like silver stripe because the wrap was uh, a translucent material over a mirror silver finish. So when the light hit it, all the spots on a real fish that would shine, shined on the wrap which made these so beautiful, I mean, and realistic looking in the water. Did you have to find that? Did you have to, like, research the... the oh, I went through so many different... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's just... So you were kind I, of a I pioneer a lot of, money. Of, the, of the rap thing for, for that time. I would say, but you know, you're in my own original, way. There, was, yeah, there yeah. was other guys that were doing it that were doing great work and still are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Alex came in and started doing it. He does some really good work. That's who I, I still bought my first people. rap from yeah. Alex because mm-hmm. I remember because I was a big surf fisherman mm-hmm. so the lucky cross the fucking paint came off like instantly mm-hmm. in the surf so he sold the wrap and I'm like oh shit and poxied over it yeah. same deal but yeah and that's how I remember it but they he got I remember looking at his dock wrap you're probably doing it already but he got it to like perfectly seam up like mm-hmm. you couldn't see anything and then yeah. the airbrush technique yeah. was a good that that makes complete sense. It's like foil wrapping. Mm-hmm. You ever look at that Solar's bait? Solar, mm-hmm. that yeah. dude trips me out. He I know. does such it's amazing work. Yeah, I could never figure out the foil, the foil wrapping, without yeah. without it coming off. It's such a hard thing to adhere. Um, especially I would when do you put it on. on it, I would do epoxy over it. Yeah. So I'd glue it on, and I would use. Um, my wife does hair, mm-hmm. so that the the foil they use is really thin. Mm-hmm. So I would grab her foil. And fucking yeah. get a get a like a the back end of a wrench with that neuralment as mm-hmm. the, the the scales and put it on and then blend it with the uh, airbrush same mm-hmm. shit and then epoxy it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that shit's very interesting to me and especially with you like finding a technique mm-hmm. that worked great. The airbrush seems like perfect. Mm-hmm. I painted baits yeah. as well, you know, for people. I didn't. You guys have trap bass baits on? Trap I bass did. Baits. I had to redo it because the audio got fucked oh, okay. up. So yeah. I got to get them back on, but I know they're real busy. We've been yeah. you know, working and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, used I used to paint, to paint their... some baits for them. They're yeah. rats. I used oh, to do nice. like chipmunk and skunk and all sorts of funny patterns on their baits. And so I I like painting too, um, but it's just uh, it all just took the wrap looked so much more realistic in the water. So that's what I went with, and uh, I'm still doing it for myself. Would you rather wrap all your baits and paint them? Yeah. 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 Wow. And I'm working on baits. I've been working on my own line of baits for a few years now. Really? Mm-hmm. What kind of plastic or glide? There's all of them. It's everything, top to bottom. So but you're going to want to put those out soon. Mm-hmm. Soon. I'm trying to get a house. I just put my offer in on my <laughs> third house. It is a terrible market out here. I'm trying to get a place to work. I want a big workshop, but it is hot out here. My this market friend is brutal. We so. got here eight years ago. I remember coming here, and he bought his house for, I think, like, 280 mm-hmm. and i came back now to been eight years later and i'm like hey what is it uh now i was like what are you going for it's like 500 
what the fuck, dude? Nate, yeah. yours doubled, dude? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, dude, it's fucking crazy right now, dude. Bad. Arizona. Yeah. They're the new... California. <laughs> yeah, they are. That's right. I mean, if I don't want to get political, but like, yeah, they're the new California. Everyone's moving and coming here. Or around. they make the big jump to Texas. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah. There's something like 60,000, 70,000 a year to move in here from California. You got like, so my neighbor's house where I live, they just sold that for seven fifty six. Mm-hmm. It's not a fucking, not nothing as nice as one of these houses. Yeah. It's like I can't fuck. I couldn't live there. There's mm-hmm. no way I could live in California. Tim's if I didn't house, own a house, th- I would this fucking. This has probably gone up fifty five thousand since they had it built. Dude, you know, it's crazy. Fuck. It's just it's it's hard. So I'm trying to once I get a place that you want to have a a, a, a line of baits that you mm-hmm. back. Do you use them now? Your own baits more oh, yeah. than anything? Uh, not more than anything. Okay. I use them a lot. Okay. But there's still tried and true baits that I will never put down. Like what? HPH. This is a sec. You guys love this HPH. Yeah. It's the same thing uh, Dylan uses HPH, too. Mm-hmm. Who makes that? It's uh, High Power Swim Baits out of Atlanta, Georgia. Is it the same? High Powered Herring or High mm-hmm. Powered? Okay. Yeah. It's Randall. He's uh, got a lot of hate. How did you get hooked up with him? And, and I explained the bait because I've never heard it. It's I'm, just a, a gizzard shad. It looks like you just molded one, a live gizzard shad. Well, probably not live, but <laughs> a real one. <laughs> He molded it and uh, casted it and then found a way to tune it and put a hinge in it. It's a flat hinge that most new bait makers have kind of knocked off. It's just a, a, a flat cut right in the middle. Oh, I and get what you're saying. It's yes. just killer. Um, I don't like the new ones at all. It's just this one HPH that I have that I've nine? had for a long time. It's, okay. it's the first batch of nines. Okay. And it's the best hard bait in the world. I've caught... I don't even know how. And many he won't make them anymore. I've never asked him. Probably not. No. No, he's not. He just makes them for fun, and that's. Uh, he makes the bait. He just doesn't make the the good ones anymore. <laughs> it's the it's the eight inch now. Why? Why? With a different why would hinge. you not make? I the, don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? All bait makers do this. Hinkle's the same way. He had the best hard trout swim bait, and the new ones are just nothing like it. Why? What, I don't know. I mean, it's what is mass it production? That? I think is the biggest thing. I think they change it to fit a way that they can make a ton of them and and you know push them but i don't know why they don't just keep the same mold and find a way to make the mold mass producible or something because this nine inch hph that i have anyone that has ever fished with me will attest to seeing me catch at least four or five big fish on this one bait i've caught so many big fish on this single bait, and I've had a you're dozen HPHs. Shoot. People are going to listen to this, and you're two guys in a row. HPH, HPH, they're going to yeah. go, oh, guess but what? But it has to be a good one. Guess what's going to yeah. fucking shoot up on eBay real quick? Yeah. That price they're is They're hard be- to get. <laughs> exactly. Josh Josh is trying to get one right now from this dude. He wants like $800 cash or – no, he doesn't want cash. He wants a direct trade for like this this hype bait that's going what for like $1,000. Some rat, a lewd rat. They go for a thousand bucks. I guess on these raffle pages, so it's like fucking this crazy sw- hey, thing. Fucking Swimbo Jones, you piece of shit. I know. It's just <laughs> it's just wild, dude. It's uh, but they're hard to find, and I I've reached out to the people that I knew that had them, and they don't have them anymore. Why don't you talk to won't. the guy, dude, and be like, bro, what do we need to do? I could, yeah. He's he's a 
he's a trip <laughs> <laughs> he's a prick you know and i don't know if he'll hear this but you know well, i guarantee sure someone's gonna he knows i've caught more big fish on his bait than anyone else so i don't think he's gonna trip on me calling him. he knows he's a prick you know he, <laughs> he's just a tough dude to, to to maneuver um i think he's a good dude he's just stubborn how did you find out about josh the bait no i that was way before josh started throwing them you know this, this how did you figure out that how did i you... got it from a dude in canada when i moved to arizona oh, so okay. it was the first batch of nine inch hph has ever made wow so i've had this since they started you know being fished and i've just hammered them on it and i still have it it's the only hard bait i've had this long and i'm so scared throwing it every day because i know one of these days <laughs> this bait that's caught me 350 400 big fish is gonna snap off and i'm gonna fucking cry the and day then it's like it. then you're gonna have to spend two thousand dollars to find this fucking yeah. bait and i'll probably pay it <laughs> if it swims and does what the one i have does like there's no price you can put on it it's caught I, it's just special it yeah. just has this action and this aura to it that just catches them you know they just eat it everything eats it i've caught so many muskies on it i've caught stripers on it small mouth my biggest small mouth on the west coast both my biggest small mouth on the west really? coast came on it um you know multiple nine pounders never caught a 10 pounder on it but they've eaten it and Dude. one of the biggest fish i've ever hooked in arizona ate it swallowed it i watched it swim out of its mouth it was one of the weirdest things ever what do you think that was there's that this little fish. there's this little it's called the private ramp at canyon lake and it's in the marina and it's like this cove that goes into the ramp and I just launched it at the ramp. And to the right is like the little boathouse gas station thing. So I'm kind of pressed up against that and I throw it at the ramp. And I fish this so different than everyone else fishes it. I, I burn the shit out of it. I think I know what you're talking about. Gilbert and Manny have a video fishing a ramp like, I think a dock yeah, like you, that. Yeah, they, I think I'm I know sure what you're, they do. Yeah. I'm in my head, I'm imagining it. I'm like, I think I know exactly what you're mm -hmm. talking about. Okay. And I, I just burned it back the way I always do, just eight-speed reel and as fast as my hand can turn the handle. Stop it every now and then, you know, let it kick out to the side, hang, and then get it going again. And right as it comes up into view at the trolling motor, I kill it, and it swings out to the side. There's nothing around, no fish around it, but it swings out to the side, and I watch this fish come from under the dock to the right. Like, way the hell over here, just comes flying out at it right in front of my boat and just sucks the whole thing in. And it was probably a 13, 14 pound fish. It was one of those, Canyon has these special fish in it. They, they're not fat, but they're just big, like big bodied fish. I mean, so long. Like, these are 29, 30 inch fish. Yeah. They just never get caught. They're so, so big and smart, and they always stay lean at that size. For the most part but this fish came out and just i mean didn't look like he even tried just opened his mouth and the whole bait disappeared yeah and i was like you know <laughs> I, I swung <laughs> and i watched the bait just glide out of its mouth like i swung and his lips opened and the bait just swam out I was he's like, fucking smart how the hell you know did two pairs of trebles go Doesn't that flat shock against you? its tongue Doesn't that completely shock you and like, not hook it i could pick up a treble bait hook like treble bait you mm -hmm. know and catch it on every fucking thing i have on my body oh yeah or the boat it always hangs up on another rod or line fish or your carpet no nah. falls right off i know both of those hooks were pressed against his tongue and his gills 
when he ate it, the way Nothing. he ate it, I know that they were touching yeah. the bottom of his mouth and it just swam out. I was like, you know, that sucked. And the fish, this has happened with all the, the big ones that I've hooked and lost at that lake. You know, they, they were like, whoa, you know, they, you can see the emotion in them. They're <laughs> like, that was close. They kind of just look at you and pretend it didn't happen and swim back to where they were and probably never do it again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen more amazing things on that bait than, than any other bait. So your baits that you're making, are you making a glide, a rat, everything? I haven't done a rat. I probably won't do a rat. No. There's just too many rats. What's your favorite rat? Uh, Johnny rat. Johnny rat, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you'll, you you want to make a glide and a plastic HUD type bait. Yeah, I have um, designs for soft baits that are really special and have never been done and that's what i want to bring more than anything it's just really hard to make and expensive so these other baits that i've made are kind of yes okay the other baits that i've made are kind of things that work for my style of fishing and that i know work and these will kind of be things that are going to come out put a an emphasis on me and my baits and kind of build a name for it and then i'm going to kind of just use that and raise capital so that i can eventually bring this in particular this one thing to market because i really want to and it's gonna it's a a bait bait? yeah and i just want to build build myself up to where i can find a way to get these produced and out to people because it's it's a badass little you have everyone kind of trying them using them yeah i mean not as many as i'd like he's caught fish on them yeah justin's caught a lot of a lot of good fish on them so it's a it's it's fun stuff and i'm I looking forward to doing when, it it's when just gonna be these dudes like you like jason i know he's cool. working on a bait yeah. like so Brands i want to hear... catch that on it too Fuck, Ooh, dude. i think we're all excited I for seen, that i i seen i since double trigger me i get fucking pissed why is this fucking idiot someone put like <laughs> Uh, not showing the bait. I saw that. And I'm yeah. like, because he fucking, it's not out yet, dickhead. You know, like, bizarre. what the fuck? You know, so it's like. <laughs> we, yeah, it's bizarre. It, yeah, it and was. People and I'm were like, all fired up on these. I see it on the Explore page. Yeah. I see a picture of him on some other page. And then Dude, all these comments like, are people these like. promotion pages. I'm like, why would you blur your bait? It's like, have you not been doing this for yeah. very long? Or, like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is pretty common. But, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for him to have been able to catch a fish like that on his oh yeah his own bait. that's so cool man um so. let's talk about gear that you use so you did you fish with uh, temple fork outfitters mm-hmm. for a minute mm-hmm. um what rods are you using on this and what reels and line well now it's yeah all leviathan i'm leviathan, with leviathan okay. now and they're they've been great to me and um they're jared uh, gotta be my favorite fishes. yeah he does yeah yep. jared's cool, cool mm-hmm. guy yeah they're uh they're by far my favorite uh, swim bait rods that I've ever used. Um, there's just something about them. They just feel right. I don't know if it's the balance or I'm also a huge fan of the, the full grips on, on those rods. So I love the way they have that layout on the Leviathans, but the action of that medium heavy, I don't know if you've ever fished one. No, I haven't. If you ever get the chance to fish that medium heavy Leviathan, it might be the baddest all around swim bait rod I've ever fished. It's just, are you using that on most of your applications? When you're anything with heart or okay. uh, treble trebles all on right. it. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, it's just a money rod. I, I try <laughs> to use that for the majority of what I'm throwing, but, um, I have, you know, the whole lineup. I got the heavy and the extra heavy, double extra heavy if I'm throwing the big, big wood, but, um, 
I, I'm pretty basic with my gear. I don't get fancy with it at all. I know in the swimbait world is a little weird with that. Everyone wants to have these crazy, like, you know, Gucci setups and I get it, but they're just tools, you know, so what kind I, of I'm pretty and, basic. And, uh, line you like to use? It depends if it's a glide, I'm fishing a really high speed reel, you know, I try to fish an eight speed if I can and have something that picks up a lot of line. Um, with the HPH, it's always that medium heavy rod. It's just a big crankbait rod. It's just so flexible yeah, glass. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 20 pound fluoro at the heaviest, the lighter you can get away with the better. It just makes baits act so much better in the water. Um, and then just a high speed reel. Uh, I think the Tranks is the best reel all around. It's which, just which durable. Size? The 400, I like the 400, but for the. <laughs> I only <laughs> don't like five, it. That's it. The five? Well, I use it for like. Yeah, see, that's the best reel yeah, ever that. for musky fishing. But yeah, they never I'm made sure. it in the left hand, and oh, I'm left handed. So I can't do it. It pisses me off. And I had one for a while. Um, and I had to try and teach myself the real righty because didn't like it. <laughs> no, at the time there was no Tranks 400 or 300. There was just the 500. Um, and then all the other companies tried to make something, but at the time that was the musky reel was the Tranks 500. So I had to use it to throw that big rubber, mm -hmm. like the big rubber. I mean, you just can't get away with throwing it on. Anything and you got to have so much line, I'm sure, mm -hmm. to put on that. That's the only mm -hmm. reel that's going to hold that much and you're, line. Yeah, and you're fishing 100-pound line, you know, so Shit. it's like you need a big spool. But, yeah, that's I, – I don't know why they never made that available to lefties. Still – Shimano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you right. could. Last fucking listening. place you're going to hear Shimano <laughs> listen is here. Hey, you never know, dude. You're on your way. Um, you still fish a muskie a lot? No. No, no not we at all. Just, I mean, tigers. We have tigers on the West Coast. Do you really? Mm -hmm. Here you got them? Not in Arizona. Where at? Utah, New okay. Mexico. You'll go up there and fish tigers. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, oh thank geez. you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Um, but it's not, it's not like musky fishing. So they're just no. a different animal. They're more, more. You pikeish. focus more on largemouth, though. You do you do other species. You like to. Target. Flathead. We've been getting big into flathead. Really? Yeah, so on, much fun. On what? Swim baits? No, I wish. Live, <laughs> live bait. We caught, we've caught tons on swim baits. We catch them on huds and mags. and, and You just like thing. fishing anything that pulls hard. I like, yeah, just the big predators. I'm just into They got a lot of flathead here, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah this, we, we fish them all over here. It's tons of fun. They're tough. They're a tough animal to target. Yeah. We found that out. We thought they were going to be a lot. Um, you think catfish, you think you know sit there and throw something out and drink beer and wait it's a lot more tactical than that it <laughs> it takes a takes a good amount of work so it's been a fun process learning how to do those but um i chase everything man but bass are kind of just uh what we have locally so that's it's either that or flathead yeah. around here yeah and then i'm road tripping and, and chasing other stuff you know i do lake trout up in utah and catch those big bastards and so much fun you know they're just <laughs> giant giant predators and it's fun you yeah know, you target them with swim baits and and big lures and it's it's just most things are more fun than fishing for bass I mean, really it <laughs> bass are fun they're just at least at least you tell the truth i yeah. mean you're not gonna sit here and be like well i only fish large mouth and no. this is what i'm better than you you know or no nah, i but like I, I, i'm, I'm a big i'm a big guy that that likes to do everything too i like fishing you I'll fish bluegill. I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Like, it's fun. Yeah. Something light, fun, cool. Um, 
that's missing these days, you know? Mm-hmm. I'll try to be a cool guy, right? <laughs> that's a big thing right now, man. I, a lot of people are trying to turn this into, like, a whole status thing, especially with the swim bait world. It's just been a weird... It's a weird... Uh, it's, a, it's its own genre of fishing now. Yeah. It is. I don't There's know. dudes that don't pick up any conventional shit and will just fish mm-hmm. swim bait. I remember when I got into it out here, I was like that for the first year. I was really? like, no, oh, I'm just throwing the big wood. I don't need that stupid jig, even though that's what I did my whole life. I'm like, no. <laughs> but then I was like, what, what am I doing? Like, you know, it's it's just a, another tool. And you yeah. can't just do that. You get so bored, especially when there's so many other opportunities. You could be having the best day of your life, but you're not because you won't put down the swim bait. It's like, yeah. You don't want to miss out on, on these opportunities that lakes give you. Um, and like I said, I, I caught that fish flipping this year. That probably won't ever happen again. Yeah. But it happened because that's what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's – and if you – I don't know. If you're missing out on a frog bite because you want to throw a swim bait, yeah. it's like, really? I mean – Well, I feel like dude. that's how a lot – I guess – I guess it could be a California thing where you're – want to like when i went to the delta and i'm just talking of experience you know danny and caesar were fishing frogs everything mm-hmm. you know like when we went fishing it was just like swim baits yes we were throwing them when we needed to mm-hmm. you know and i was because i that's what i want to fucking do i want yeah. to catch i caught it but i had an issue with a fucking hook mm-hmm. and it broke off you know and i would have had my pb probably Ooh. like i, I was Your like hook broke the eye broke so the eye what on a on trouble uh, i was on the uh tiny clash the eye broke. So the eye of the hook, the treble hook. Yeah. It broke off. I don't know. It was I don't like think I've fruit. ever heard of that in my life. Yeah, that no one did. Oof. So I remember loading up. I probably should have used a rod. That was a treble. It was an ultra swim bait classic, but it was a light, like a one mm-hmm. to two ounce. Mm-hmm. Later, I ended up getting an M1 that, you know, I think like Springer said, hey, try this one. Or mm-hmm. a, I'm, I'm, a buddy told me, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, But it would have been my PB. Mm-hmm. But it's what it is. Getting the right rod application. You said it, you know. Totally. Like finding that trouble. Change hook. hooks. Yeah. Oh. oh, my God. That's Ooh, yeah. that's not good. Well, I think it was a fluke because I know they come with good owner hooks. Like, they, they are not. Um, yeah, that's even weirder for it to be an yeah, owner. Yeah. Oh I was God. like, I dude, huh. I was, even Caesar Total grabbed fluke. the net. Just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Oh my He's God. like, dude, this is it. And I thought, man, this is going to be a 10. I know it, dude. And fucking it broke off. I'm like, fuck me, dude. You know, just another story. Then I ended up watching Caesar and Danny go seven and five and seven i'm like fuck piece of shit makes you want to get back out there though you know <laughs> yeah That's, you gotta appreciate that every now and then um and then you're a lateral guy that's mm-hmm. kind of another thing how'd you hook up with them they reached out to me yeah years ago they were you've been on a team kind. for a while too right mm-hmm. yeah i think uh 20 you're a little closer than like i'm sorry dude. what's that you oh closer. yeah absolutely come on audio guy. you fucking know <laughs> you're over here going hey well, I'm the one that's got to adjust it, you know. I got to go and post and bring those oh, levels I'm gonna up. Oh, I'm going to throw the so, compressor right on yeah. you and the limiter, everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it was probably 2016, I think, they reached out, and they were just so kind and helpful and linked me up with a bunch of stuff. And they're just nice people. Good guys, dude. Really good yeah. guys. And I like, I love the logo. It's just such a simplistic, just the that's little waves. That's what I talked to him about. I'm like... It's so easy and noticeable. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've even seen people kind of rip it off now. Oh, yeah. I've seen people like uh, hunting or like hiking. Mm-hmm. And I saw something that was like two lines, not yeah. three. But I'm like, I just fucking ripped off. You saw lateral mm-hmm. vision, you ripped that off. Yep. I fucking know it, you know? Yep. But yeah, it's, and they had the, um, their whole raised by water thing, I just thought was so cool. cool. You know, that was just, it was 
that's me, you know. I was yeah. just literally raised by water. I was born on an island, you know. It's just always been a part of my your life. Dad. I mean, fuck, man. Mm-hmm. So, your dad never swim bait fishes with you ever? Yeah, he does. He does? Not out here. He lives no. in Maine. So yeah. um, I go up and take him out and we'll chuck stuff around, but he would rather, I think, catch stuff. So <laughs> he likes to throw <laughs> throw the smaller stuff and he likes beating on them a little bit. But yeah. So do I, but it's like. <laughs> He gets it, and he's always super stoked. Seeing the pictures I send him, he's like, wow. Yeah, I think you've carved your own little path, dude, and uh, I appreciate you coming on. Do you have any sponsors you want to plug, Leviathan, anyone else? Yeah, Leviathan Rods, absolutely. Lateral Vision, you know that. Yeah. There's just a bunch of good companies run by good people and um, big fish bullies, you know. Yeah. There's awesome dudes coming up next that are serious sticks and great people. Yeah. So check all those companies out, guys. Thanks again, Grady, for coming. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. All right, take care. It's an honor. Thank you.